This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Live from the palatial yet not overly ostentatious studios of CBS Sports Radio here in beautiful Miami today. This is a Football Friday edition of the Zach Gelb Show across all of our great local CBS Sports Radio affiliates, Sirius XM, Channel 158, the free Odyssey app, and of course streaming on YouTube. 855-212-4CBS is the number to jump on in. 855-212-4227. And you could always interact with me on the good old cesspool of Twitter or on Instagram where I'm always straight flexing at Zach Gelb. That's Z-A-C-H-G-E-L-B. Back in our New York City headquarters, we do, of course, have Michael Samter and Stuart Kovacs producing this extravaganza all the way up until 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Danny Cannell is going to stop by at the top of the hour. We'll preview a very busy weekend of college football that does highlight Penn State going to the shoe to do battle up against Ohio State, where James Franklin as a head coach against top 10 teams, and we know both these teams are in the top 10, Penn State and Ohio State, but during his time in Happy Valley, James Franklin is 3-15 and as a head coach up against top 10 teams. But really, I do believe the biggest game this weekend, when you factor in college football and the NFL, it is the game that occurs on Sunday night between the Miami Dolphins visiting the Philadelphia Eagles. And the only other game that could maybe match this one heading into the season where it feels like it's a Super Bowl preview is when you do have the Miami Dolphins going up against the Kansas City Chiefs later in the year. And that game was just a, a greedy move by the NFL and really a piggish move by the NFL to schedule it in Germany. That game is considered to be a Chiefs home game. That should have been the triumphant return of Tyreek Hill to Arrowhead going up against Kansas City. But the NFL said, let's play that game at, I believe, 9.30 in the morning and have it being played in Germany. But when we get set for this matchup between Tua Tungavailoa and Jalen Hurts on Sunday Night Football on NBC, yeah, between the Eagles and the Dolphins, my first thought is actually the MVP race this year in the NFL. And full disclosure, I've been thinking about this. There's not an MVP name now that nationally everyone's gravitating towards and everyone's saying it's clear cut. This guy is the favorite right now to win the MVP. Sure. The betting odds right now say it's Tua Tunga Vailoa at plus 350 on the sports book that I'm looking at right now. But I don't even believe that Tua Tunga Vailoa is the first MVP on his team. And that's not bashing Tua. I think the world of Tua, I think Tua is a heck of a quarterback. And he's proving that this year through the first six games of the season and the Dolphins being off to this ridiculous start at five and one. But if I was an MVP voter, I would be voting for Tyree Kill through the first six weeks of the season because Tyree Kill is on a ridiculous pace right now 
to have 2,300 yards receiving and also 17 receiving touchdowns. And I know Tyreek did speak a big game going into this year. He was like, oh, I'm going to have 2,000 yards. I'm like, 2,000 yards? You know you have Jalen Waddell also on, on the team standing right next to you. There's only so many mouths to feed and only one football with the Miami Dolphins. But right now, through the first six weeks of the season, it's not even close. The most electrifying player in football has been Tyreek Hill. And Tyreek Hill right now, outside of quarterbacks, is the most intimidating non-quarterback in the NFL through the first six weeks of the season. And teams just don't know how to prepare for him. Opposing defenders shake in their boots when they have to go up against him. And he's on pace to have this just absolutely crazy season once again, uh, when you look at over 2,300 yards receiving and 17 receiving touchdowns, and really, Tyreek Hill has changed this organization, and also Mike McDaniel has changed this organization as well. Because we all thought Brian Flores was this really good coach and was this really special coach, and I would like to see Brian Flores get another opportunity to be a head coach in this league, but when he was in Miami, he was looking at every other way to get out of the relationship and the partnership with Tua Tunga-Vailoa. And even though it felt cheesy and disingenuous at times, the moment Mike McDaniel and Tyreek Hill got to Miami, they gravitated towards Tua Tunga-Vailoa. They said, Tua, you are our guy. You are our quarterback. Where Mike McDaniel, right, Tua's even talked about this, went to... Uh, Tua Tungavailoa's charity event. And he said just that support meant so much to Tua Tungavailoa early on in his, uh, you know, his career and his relationship with Mike McDaniel. And Tyreek Hill, the moment he got traded to Miami in that blockbuster trade, he was saying that Tua Tungavailoa is the most accurate passer in the game and he's the most accurate quarterback that he's ever played with. And everyone's like, whoa, wait a second. You just played a bunch of years with the great Patrick Mahomes. How can you even put Tua Tungavailoa and Patrick Mahomes in the same sentence, and also say Tua does this better than Patrick Mahomes. So really, McDaniel and Tyreek Hill have changed this entire organization. And now this is a Dolphins team where I was just doing a local hit on 560 WQAM with Mark Hockman, and he asked me, do you think the Dolphins are elite? And I said, I'm not ready to call them elite, but if this makes sense, they could win a Super Bowl this year with the way that they're built and what they're getting back with Jalen Phillips and Jalen Ramsey and uh, Devon Achan as well, when he gets off the pup list or he gets off the, uh, the injured list and he makes his return after having to sit out for four games because of the injury. So this team right now, they're at five and one. They're a team that's dominant. They're a team that on the offensive side of the ball is off to a historical start to the season. And I know things aren't, handed out or things are, aren't guaranteed through the first six games. But this is a team right now that it's really special. And the reason why I'm not willing to call them elite yet, even though I think the sky's the limit this year for the Miami Dolphins, is because I got to see it more out of them. And I got to see Tua stay healthy throughout the duration of this season. But you look at the elite teams in the NFL, I think Kansas City is elite. Um, I think the Eagles are an elite team. The 49ers are an elite team, but they have gone to distance that a lot of teams haven't. The Chiefs have won two Super Bowls. The Eagles have represented the NFC in the Super Bowl. The 49ers 
always are in the NFC championship game and recently have represented the NFC in the Super Bowl. But if Kansas City doesn't get there out of the AFC, the next team I gravitate towards is the Miami Dolphins. And I say that knowing that two weeks ago, the Miami Dolphins went to Buffalo and absolutely got destroyed. So this is a big statement game for the Dolphins and a big measuring stick for the Miami Dolphins, where if they lose the game by a measly three points, I don't think anyone's getting on the radio or getting on TV on Monday and are slamming the Miami Dolphins and are questioning what the apex of the Miami Dolphins can be this season. But if they get blown out again, then up against the two best opponents that they faced this year, they would have horrific showings. So out of all the teams, when I look at the NFL this week, the team that has the most to prove, the team that's under the most pressure, it is the Miami Dolphins. And in this spot, I look to two people to validate their success and validate it in a different standard. For Tyree Kill, if he goes in a Dolphins win for 200 yards and puts up two touchdowns and adds to this pace of 2,300 receiving yards and 17 receiving touchdowns this year, I do believe on Monday when you try to evaluate what the headlines will be on Monday, it will be, okay, Tyree Kill has an opportunity to win the MVP, and he may be the leader in the clubhouse. Because it's not disrespectful to Tua Tungavailoa. I really do enjoy Tua as a quarterback. But when I look at who's the most valuable to the Miami Dolphins, who do I think is the best player on the Miami Dolphins, I do give the edge to Tyree Kill over Tua Tungavailoa. And if on a big stage, we all know how great Tyree Kill is. But if he goes on one of these video games type of performances again on Sunday Night Football, and he is clearly the best player on the field with an abundance of talent, when you have Jalen Hurts and you have A.J. Brown and you have Devontae Smith and you got Jalen Waddell and you got Raheem Mostert and you got uh, DeAndre Swift and Brandon Graham and um, you can keep on going big play slay and, and all the names that are on both sides of the ball for both of these teams, there's a very good chance on Monday, we're talking about Tyreek being the best player on the field and trying to do something that has never been done before in the history of the NFL, where there's never been a wide receiver to win the NFL MVP. We've seen a place kicker win the MVP before, but in a pass-heavy league now, we have still never seen a wide receiver win the MVP. Now, two years ago, you thought Cooper Cup had a case to be made with the Triple Crown. Last year, people like myself were leading the charge for Justin Jefferson. But for Tyreek Hill, it does feel as if he has a damn good chance to win the MVP this year because who else is going to win the award? Mahomes almost has to be perfect now to win the award again. And even though no one would ever doubt Mahomes, that offense has not clicked yet to the level that we expected at. The Bills are too up and down for me to make the case for Josh Allen to win the MVP. Uh, Jalen Hurts, the Eagles offense has to play better. Brock Purdy has no leg to stand on for the MVP after last week. Heck, I would even make more of the case for Christian McCaffrey, but we got to check in with this health. I don't think the Ravens are going to be as dominant as they need to be for Lamar Jackson to win another MVP. So you go around, it's like, who else can you make the case for? 
both the Dolphins get or the Lions get the number one seed in the NFC, maybe Jared Goff is going to get a big MVP push. Maybe Trevor Lawrence, if the Jaguars get back on track and they had a victory last night against the Saints, maybe he gets some MVP votes. But right now, it feels like it is a two-man race for the MVP, and they're both Miami Dolphins with Tua Tungavailoa and also Tyreek Hill. And personally, I believe I give the edge to Tyreek, and I believe what Tyreek is doing this year at the wide receiver position is more impressive, not taking a shot at Tua, than what Tua is doing at the quarterback position, even though Tua is in the midst of a very special season, not only for himself, a feel-good story, but also for this Miami Dolphins team, where for the first time in a long time, there is legitimate excitement with this team, probably for the first time since the Wildcat. Like, is that really how far we have to go back? And what did that Wildcat uh, wild team turn into? Not Like, nothing really much in terms of the large scheme of things. But it's the timing of it that's all working out. Outside of Kansas City, there's not a lot of teams that you fear in the AFC. And in the MVP list, there's not a lot of names that have taken the baton and have run with it. So through the first six weeks of the season, as now we're in week seven, the Dolphins could absolutely go to a Super Bowl this year. Tyree Kill or uh, Tua Tungavailoa could absolutely win the MVP. And this team has a chance to have a big party coming their way in February. But on Sunday night, they got to show up. They got to prove that they are on the cusp of becoming an elite team in the NFL. And this is an enormous measuring stick going up against the team in the Philadelphia Eagles last year that represented the NFC in the Super Bowl. And also, it's another chapter in Tua Tungavailoa and Jalen Hurts and their connection with one another going back to their time at Alabama where you had Jalen Hurts at halftime get replaced in the national championship game against Georgia. I remember like it's yesterday, Kirk Herbstreet was uh, uh, speculating it. Then Tua comes off the bench, ends up having that game winner in overtime to Devontae Smith, who now plays for the Philadelphia Eagles. And from there, Jalen Hurts was a good teammate, stuck around for another year when he could have transferred. Then Tua gets hurt in the SEC championship game against Georgia. Hurts comes in off the bench out of relief for an injured Tua Tungavailoa and defeats Georgia to win that SEC title game before the baton was handed back over to Tua for the college football playoff game. So that's where we're at right now. And then you know that Hertz goes on to Oklahoma, redefines his career, is a finalist for the Heisman Trophy, and then gets drafted in the second round. And Hertz has solidified himself as a top five quarterback in this league. And Tua, who was always like the golden boy, was always supposed to be the number one overall pick. He fell back to five, did land in Miami. Rough start last year with all the concussions. But now both of these quarterbacks that were once in the same quarterback room, they are clicking. They have really good teams, and they could potentially, when they meet up on Sunday, be showing us a preview of the Super Bowl this year. So that game this weekend gets me the most excited. Eagles coming off a loss. What can they show? Dolphins trying to show how great they could be this year, and we could have two of the top MVP candidates on the same team in Tyree Kill and Tua Tungavailoa trying to make a big statement in South Philadelphia on Sunday night. And if this game doesn't get you excited for football, 
I just don't know what will. So do you think there is a good chance that Tyreek Hill could win the MVP this year? I think there is. And the MVP has never been won by a wide receiver. Someone has to be at first. Why wouldn't it be Tyreek Hill where he's closing in on pace over 2,300 yards and 17 touchdowns this year? And that could be a fun debate. Who would be the better MVP choice for the Dolphins? Is it Tyreek Hill or is it Tua Tunga-Vailoa? And right now, I don't see how you make a case. If you say, Zach, oh, they're not the top two. They're two of the top five out of all the MVP choices right now that are available in the NFL. Off and running on a very busy football Friday, 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. We did discuss how there's a lot of pressure on the Dolphins this weekend. A big point to prove for the Miami Dolphins as another team in the NFL where if they don't win this game this weekend and they're not expected to win this game this weekend, could their coach be fired after the game? We'll discuss and we'll also circle in on a college football team where the pressure has now been raised in the way that we view them. And we'll see if they're ready for the big task at hand this weekend in another week of college football. All righty, we're coming on back. Zach Gelb here with you on a football Friday, off and running on CBS Sports Radio. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Still stuffed like a fat pig after last night. What a legendary meal that I had in Miami at Joe Stone Crabs, one of the greatest institutions for dining that exists. Had some coconut shrimp last night to start. Some hash browns, some lobster mac and cheese, some fried chicken, some tomato and cheese as well. They had like a hunk of beef with cheese on it. Then a jumbo order of stone crabs. And then, of course, that key lime pie that you got to hit from behind, as my friend would say, uh, when you were having a little dessert. And they had a little uh, grater, which is a scoop of ice cream with uh, it was a black cherry ice cream to die for. Then some apple pie crumble. And then I had to get rolled out of there or maybe forklifted out of the restaurant to just get back in my car so I could drive back to Boca Raton uh, in Miami for one more day here at our friend's uh, studio, 560 WQAM inside the Odyssey family. So we appreciate them 
for hosting us. And it's kind of amazing, guys. I don't know if you realize this, Samter and Stu, but like our listeners, who I absolutely love, but they are like so annoyed today. I'm in like a, a smaller studio when you're on visiting turf, right? They're gracious enough to host you and just put you up somewhere. And like some of our listeners are like, why is Gelb in like a, a broom closet today? This is like a, a little production studio that I'm in. And how many times when we've been um, at our CBS Sports Radio studios, and let's say like Mike Valenti comes up to do that show with Boomer Esiason from Detroit, they put him in one of the smaller production studios. I'm not here every day. So I don't understand why our listeners in the YouTube chat think they're going to put me in uh, this palatial yet, uh, you know, like very ostentatious kind of studio. Like, I don't understand what people actually expect, Sam Turns, though. I think you look fantastic. I don't care what well, anyone you. says. You look fantastic. You look great. It's not a broom closet. I just think that people underestimate how big you are. Uh, <laughs> you're actually in a room that is larger than my home. Uh, it just looks small because you're in it. When you mean how big I am, are you talking about the way that people perceive uh, the brand of Zach Gelb, or is this more so uh, my physical size no, that no. you were talking about? I, I meant physical size. That's what I thought. Yeah, I yeah. didn't know and if you thought like you meant my head or something like that. No, so. and I don't mean it in an insulting way. You are a uh, strong, broad, big man. Uh, yeah. Unlike me, I'm the opposite. And therefore, you make any space that you're in look smaller just because you're just... Such a, a, a meaty... A large human being, a gargantuan human being is what you're saying. Yes, yes. You're, you're the opposite of Mike Samter. Yeah, that, that is true. And look yeah. at Stu, because I don't get to see you guys until I check in on the stream. Stu wearing that big Raider Nation shirt today. Stuart Kovacs a few weeks ago had like a little emblem on his chest acknowledging <laughs> the existence of his football team. I needed a, a, a microscope or a magnifying glass to find it. And now Stu has the Raider gear and big font that even my uh, grandmother, who's uh, 92 years of age and is still sharp as sharp could be, wouldn't even need to put on her glasses, Stu, to figure out that you are a Raiders fan. So now you're back in on, on your football team. Is that right? I'm back in until they disappoint me, which will either be this week or next week or sometime in the very near future. Okay. How many wins are we going for the Raiders? Just wondering. Uh, for the year? Uh, yeah, for the year. I'd say six or seven. Okay, so Stu is kind of back in, but he's swimming very, very slowly and is staying <laughs> right towards like the shallow end of the pool with his his hand on the on the on the rail to make sure that uh, when the water picks up or or the the pool gets a little bit deeper that he doesn't drown is is pretty much what you're saying with the with the Raiders right now. Pretty much trying to set myself up to not be disappointed. You know what my goal is? My goal here is to get Stu to be one day confident with this football team. And my other goal is to get Samter to be back in being a Jet fan. Because, Stu, I understand when you're not wearing the largest Raiders shirt in the world because they are a, a disgraceful football team. And you walk down the streets of New York City and everyone's like, who's this crazy person wearing a Raiders shirt and why does he still support this football team? But for Samter, he jumped off the bandwagon right after the Rodgers injury. Now the Jets have been decent. I think we need to start making a push for Samter to start picking the Jets again. Like, I, I believe Samter... You're entitled to making a decision that was in the moment, and you are someone that is very emotional, and you get caught up in your feelings. So I could understand why you went away from that team, but now I think you have to come back into the house, like sleep on the couch once again um, of the of the Jet fandom, and eventually you'll make your way back into the bedroom and be uh, sleeping next to the smoking hot chick. Yeah, no, thank you. Really? Wow. How do you just give up on something when your entire life, you were a passionate, crazy, lunatic Jet fan, 
and now you're just done with this football team. That's inconceivable to me. It's not about wins and losses. It's about the football gods being out against us and being out to get us. Jet fans are destined, similar to Browns fans, are destined to constantly be miserable and unhappy and tortured in the NFL world. Uh, It has nothing to do with wins and losses because I've seen some great wins. I've seen three AFC championship teams. Uh, It's just... They are intentionally, I think they're getting back at us for Joe Namath guaranteeing a Super Bowl. And since then, we've just been an utter joke. And it's just, just when you have hope once again, yeah, they just tear it away from you and rip your heart out. Well, the team now that you're rooting for in the Kansas City Chiefs, they were awful for a long time. And their fans thought they would never win a Super Bowl again. And now all they do is win Super Bowl. So if Kansas City doesn't win another Super Bowl, I think we've identified what the problem is. The problem is you. (laughs) If Kansas City starts to stink and go in the tank now, and they can't get back to another Super Bowl and win another Super Bowl, you then need to jump off the Chiefs bandwagon, or else people are going to be parading you around Kansas City looking for your head. It could be possible, but I've also seen five Yankees championships, so I'm pretty good there. No, oh, here we go. Always the Yankee fan. I've seen this many championships. I'm a Yankee fan. I'm just blah, saying, blah, I can't blah, blah, blah. be in Mush. I've been I, to three Yankees World Series championship uh, series. I've been to the World mm-hmm. Series three times for the Yankees. I've I've been to the games. I've been there in pinstripes. So I can't imagine that it's my fault. I just got a text from my mother, by the way. I guess my grandmother is uh, listening today. She goes, Grandma said never mention her age again on the air. Like, I am proud that my grandmother is 92. She still looks like a million bucks. She looks like a movie star. And she's the only one that is like, uh, doesn't think that she looks great right now. Grandma looks like a million bucks. And and you know what? Let me tell you, whenever we go out uh, to eat with grandma, there's a lot of older men that uh, start talking to her and they uh, don't have a chance with my grandmother. So my grandmother, 92 years old, uh, she looks stunning. She looks like a movie star and everyone should aspire to be as sharp and as good looking as my grandmother is when they get to 92. Any comment on that, guys? I like how your mother said never to say her age ever again on on the air, and you just repeated it seven more times. So good for yeah. you. Yeah. Well, it's uh, come on. I, I don't think that's something we should be ashamed of. You know, if she didn't look good at ninety two, I wouldn't say she didn't look good at ninety two, but she looks phenomenal at ninety two. I told my grandmother the other day, she looks like she's seventy five years old. Like I, I would have never thought that she was actually ninety two years old. So you know, I said I, the same thing about you about seventy five. Seventy five. You know, I am starting to get some gray hairs, so that's becoming a problem. Anyway, uh, getting back to the football, because that's why you tune in on a football Friday right here on the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. I want to keep it in the AFC West real quickly, and I want to talk about one team, and that's the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers have all this talent. Like, you look at the Dolphins and the Chargers. They're constructed with a whole lot of talent. And you look at the Miami Dolphins. They have a good coach. They have a quarterback that is excelling right now with really good weapons, and they're a team that is five and one. The Los Angeles Chargers should be at the same level where the Miami Dolphins are right now. And I understand the players have to take some of it, and Justin Herbert has to be more clutch. But I really do believe that Brandon Staley is by far and away the biggest problem with the Los Angeles Chargers. And they are two and three on the season. They lost to Miami in a 36 to 34 game. And when you lose to one of the better teams, and we didn't know it at the time in the NFL to the Miami Dolphins by two points, you wouldn't think that you would be struggling 
to find wins this season. But here we are with the Chargers, and the Chargers are now entering week seven, have a big matchup this weekend against Kansas City, and if they don't get to to three and three, and I know it's a tough ass going up against Kansas City, I don't see what the point is on keeping Brandon Staley for the rest of the season. I really don't. And I know people could say, oh, why are you saying this is a must-win game for, for Brandon Staley when he's going up against the Chiefs? You know how good the Chiefs are? The Chiefs are vulnerable this year. Now, the Chiefs still could go to the Super Bowl. Chiefs could still win the Super Bowl. I'm fully cognizant of that. But Kansas City on offense has not been this force, has not been this juggernaut, has not been this unbelievable unit that we're used to. And you look at the Chargers' resume this year, they lost to the Dolphins. They lost to the Tennessee Titans in overtime. They beat the Vikings and the Raiders, where they should have lost both of those games if Kirk Cousins and Aiden O'Connell didn't throw interceptions at the goal line after Brandon Staley tried to gift them the game. And last week, coming off a bye, you lose to the Dallas Cowboys. So what would the justification be if you lose to Kansas City and then it's seven weeks of football, six games, where they haven't given you anything positive to talk about? And then we talk about, like, a good landing spot. If you're going to have an interim head coach, well, the next two games are against the Bears and the Jets. And I know the Jets are playing better. I know the Jets have gone up against some really great quarterbacks. I'm still not a believer that the Jets are going to be this great team. Can the Jets make the playoffs? Yeah, sure. But Zach Wilson is not someone I trust. If they're making the playoffs, it's more so because of the run game with Brees Hall and that dominant defense that they have. But Stu, let me throw this by you. And let me be clear here. I don't think they're going to fire Brandon Staley if they lose this game to the Kansas City Chiefs. But I don't get how you justify keeping him as the head coach where they were up 20-plus points in a playoff game, they choked, and then the response coming out of that playoff game to start the year is a loss to Miami, a loss to Tennessee, two wins they were lucky to win up against the Vikings and the Raiders, and then you get the Cowboys, you lose to them, and then you lose to the Kansas City Chiefs. There would be no point in continuing with this Brandon Staley era. Do you agree with me, Stu, that if they can't get the job done this weekend and if the Chargers lose to Kansas City in Arrowhead up against the Kansas City Chiefs, that they should dismiss Brandon Staley as the head football coach? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think that should have been done after last season, but especially now if they're getting off to the start that they're off to, I mean, they're going to fall behind and they're not going to make the playoffs if, if this continues, especially if they lose this weekend. So, yeah, I think Staley is someone who probably has to go sooner rather than later. Yeah, and I don't see what the point would be in keeping him around. And the reason I asked that question to you, Stu, is because the old producer that I used to work with, my man, uh, Hot Take Hickey, he would always like try to craft takes that would benefit his team. So if I asked him that about Brandon Staley, and let's say he was in your position as a Raiders fan, he'd be like, no, the guy's a good coach. Keep him, and he would do it sarcastically <laughs> because he knows that benefits his team. And that's why I think it's admirable of Stuart Kovacs right there in saying Staley has to go because even though your organization is a clown show and is a joke and a, and a drama-filled organization, you know football, you know logic, and there's no logical explanation if you can't get one big win or one win that's impressive through the first six, seven weeks of the season that would say, okay, I need to see more of Brandon Staley with the Chargers. Yeah, I mean, look, I would love for him as a Raider fan to say, but no, I can't justify him being the head coach for, for much longer of the Chargers.
Who gets fired first, Staley or McDaniels? Probably Staley. I think McDaniels might have a little longer of a rope because of the financials of the Raiders. Uh, So I do think it is Staley that will probably go first. More likely to go in season, I think, is Staley. So did I get this right? The What's the WNBA team, the Aces that Mark Davis owns? That's right. right? Yep. The Aces. Did you see him dancing after they won the championship? Uh, how could the I miss night? it? It was all over my Twitter feed on uh, Wednesday night. <laughs> what did you think of the dance skills of uh, one uh, Mark Davis, if you want to call him that? You know, they weren't great, but if he was doing that after a Raiders Super Bowl, I think they'd be amazing dance skills. So I was, I was actually a fan of uh, seeing Mark Davis uh, and some of the moves that he had. Samter, how are your dance skills, by the way? Are you a good dancer? I feel like Samter, you got a few drinks in him. He's at a wedding. I think Michael Samter would be a really good dancer at a wedding. I'm really good at the uh, shopping cart and the lawnmower, uh, <laughs> okay. the sprinkler. Yeah. yeah really the shopping cart's a good one where you're just driving around and you're picking things off the top shelf. And then, up, oh, got to go a little bit low to get one and you do like a little disco, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm really I like good that. at all that. Great at that. So, Samter... Your team wins a championship. Michael Samter is the owner. Give me a team that that you would love to own. It doesn't matter what the sport is. The New York Yankees. All right, the New York Yankees. Here comes the pitch. Struck him out. Ball game over. Yankees win. The Yankees win. Michael Samter shot in the press box. What are you looking like? How are you dancing? Oh, uh, I got my, I'm raising the roof, arms yeah. up, uh, shaking the booty a little bit, but, Ooh. but a lot Josh of, booty a you're lot shaking? Of, yeah, what are you shaking? No, no, no. Just my oh. booty. A lot of my dance moves involve gyration of the hips and okay. movement of the arms, but not necessarily in rhythm or together, just hips moving, arms moving, legs usually staying still. It's very awkward. Gotcha. So you, you I would just go right to see if I ever owned a sports team and I won a championship. I think I would go like Stone Cold Steve Austin style and just take the two beer cans, smack them together, and then just douse myself in the beer. That's what I, I believe I would do if I ever won a championship. So uh, anyway, uh, if the Chargers can't win this game, Staley should go. And the other thing that I'm intrigued about this weekend is Alabama. Because Alabama is 6-1. and one. They have now created a thought in some people's mind just because they're the vaunted uh, great Alabama Crimson Tide and they have the logo that they're still alive in this. I don't think Alabama is all that good this year. I know Milrow is improving, but I don't trust that offense. Defensively, they're a heck of a team, but that loss against Texas is damaging and then Texas lost. So if Texas wins the Big 12, you know, Alabama's going to have to win out and win the SEC to get into the college football playoff. And Alabama can't afford to lose another game this year because if they lose another game, we've never seen a two-loss team get into the college football playoff. But their next few games against Tennessee, LSU, and Kentucky, and they play, I think it's uh, Chattanooga and uh, then Auburn to end up the season, obviously that being Thanksgiving weekend with the Iron Bowl. But for Bama, I'll ask the question, when do people start to really get back in on Alabama? And for me, it wouldn't be until they win the SEC championship game. Because even if they run the table the rest of the regular season, and I know the Brock Bowers injury now makes Georgia look a little bit like human, even though uh, Georgia could be getting Brock Bowers back. He's only expected to miss four to six weeks, but let's see if there's any roadblocks or any hiccups in the road to recovery. But even if Alabama gets to the SEC title game, they'll be a a force. They'll be a team that you got to be concerned about. But until they're standing there back at the podium, 
with uh, the SEC Championship trophy and Nick Saban holding it and only having one loss as an SEC champion, I'm going to expect that if it's not in the regular season, then it will be in the SEC title game when they find a way to come up with that second loss this year. So uh, intrigue this weekend up against Tennessee, maybe a little payback to uh, the fans at Rocky Top, even though that game is in uh, Tuscaloosa with what did transpire last uh, last year. But that's a game you got to watch this weekend, 3.30 p.m. Eastern time, because that's going to be a story the rest of the way. When do people get back in on Alabama, and is Alabama still a threat for this football season after their Week 2 loss to Texas? All right, it is Zach Gilb Show on CBS Sports Radio. We will uh, take a timeout. When we come on back, we will do a little news brief on this very busy uh, Friday edition of the Zach Gilb Show. Let's send it back to our New York City studios with the Ackman, Rich Ackerman. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Time for your daily news brief. We get you caught up on the rumors, reports, and reconnaissance from the day in sports. All right, let's start it off with that football game last night between the Saints and the Jaguars. It looked like it was going to be a blowout. Then all of a sudden, the Saints uh, started to storm back, and there was a chance for the Saints to tie up the game late after allowing the Jaguars to reclaim the lead and Foster Moreau on some bad 
goal line play calling, had a chance to catch the football, went right off his hands and did fall incomplete. Here is Foster Moreau and dropping what would have been the tying touchdown. Yeah, you know, it's tough. In front of every man, woman, and child I've ever I've ever known, you know. Um, it's a dark place to be. It's the National Football League. It doesn't come down to one play, but it comes down to one play. The team fought. The team fought as hard as, as we did, and um, it's just unacceptable. Yeah, I feel bad for him. I really do. And you got to catch that football. I, I know that the game doesn't get really determined on one play, but it does feel like if he catches that game, it's a whole different game, and the game ends right there. But what I'll say to the Saints is, for people that are crushing Foster Moreau today, which I understand why you would be doing that, show up early on in the game. Don't put yourself in a position where you have to climb out of a, a deep hole, and then when you start to see the other team falter a little bit, and then it's that one play at the end, and he doesn't make the catch, it's like, uh-oh, that's the reason he lost the game. Well, if you would have showed up earlier on in the first half, maybe th- there's something else that transpires where it doesn't come down to just that one play. Here is uh, Derek Carr on the emotional outburst he had on the sideline. You know, I've been showing my emotion a little bit too much on, on my sleeve, you know, like uh, I kind of got to chill out, you know, and that's me holding myself accountable. So that's not going to help anything. And so just trying to be a calming influence in those moments, especially when it's been a couple times it's happened that heightened frustration, I I could do a better job as a leader to calm everybody down. Well, Derek Carr has always been too emotional. And Derek Carr is such an overrated quarterback, and he thinks he's all the way up here, and he's this great quarterback, and that's the farthest thing from the truth. The ceiling for Derek Carr at times has been looking like a top 10 quarterback, and anytime someone's about to embrace and call him a top 10 quarterback, he falls three or four steps back. And it's not just like slight steps. He falls flat on his face. And this Saints team has been so disappointing this year. And I didn't even believe in the Saints team before the start of the season. And there's a reason why I did not pick them to win the NFC South is because when Derek Carr is your quarterback, I just have no confidence. Even though he's a guy that a lot of people like and a lot of people call him a leader, I have no confidence that he's going to continuously get the job done throughout the duration of a season. Let's go to Jerry Judy. I remember that whole kerfuffle that he had last week with Steve Smith of the NFL Network, the legendary wide receiver who should be in the Hall of Fame one day. And I guess Steve Smith said some not-so-nice things about Jerry Judy on his podcast. And Steve Smith went over to have a conversation with Jerry Judy to kind of say that he was wrong. And then Jerry Judy uh, got annoyed at Steve Smith and then was jumping up and down in the background of his NFL Network shot. Here is uh, Jerry Judy. Didn't want to address it after the game last week, but addressing it this week on Steve Smith talking bad about him. Where I'm from, we just don't. If somebody talk bad about you, don't you don't you don't go to them in person and try to act friendly towards them. Like you can just talk bad about it. I don't got no no hate towards uh, Steve Smith. You know, you're, you're a good player and all that stuff like that. I just stand on what I stand on. You feel me? If you feel some type of way, keep that same energy when you see me in person. Well, there's one thing to say something critical about someone. And then I think, right, Steve Smith has even more cojones where then when you see Jerry Judy, you know what you said about him. You weren't afraid to go talk to Jerry Judy. Like Jerry Judy's not even the same class as Steve Smith is. And he knows that because Jerry Judy's been a disappointment. He's not been a number one wide receiver. And Steve Smith should easily be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So just because Steve Smith 
has talked bad about you or has been critical about you. He can't have a conversation with you in person, and now he has to start yelling at you in person and telling you you suck in person. Uh, Jerry Judy's just immature. Jerry Judy's just frustrated because he's not playing great. He's on a bad team, and the Denver Broncos are a disaster. And when you're not winning football games and you're not playing great, to make this more of a clown show by getting into a fight with Steve Smith is just flat-out ridiculous. Here is uh, Nick Sirianni when asked if the Eagles will play Julio Jones this week, who they just signed. You're going to be tempted to want to put him in you know, because he's a, he's a phenomenal player. Um, it's done a lot in this league, but we're going to have to make sure that we're not putting him in, in danger. Doing what we need to do to help us win the game um, and doing what he needs to do to help us win the game, um, but also being smart um, with his rep count because um, just because of the elevated risk of injury if you if you put him in for too much. No, there's difference of being in shape, and we all know that Julio Jones is in incredible shape and then being in game shape. I don't know what game shape Julio Jones is in because he hasn't played at all this season, but I don't think there's any harm in making him active and then just kind of going rep by rep and seeing where Julio Jones is at. It's an added luxury for the Eagles. They don't need Julio Jones, but that's what great teams are able to do. So this was at halftime this year of the Rutgers-Michigan game. A lot of people thought this was awkward in the moment. Let's hear from Greg Schiano uh, when he was questioning some things at halftime when his team was going up against Michigan a few weeks back. Coach, four penalties for your team in the first half. Some that cost you. How do you clean that up in the second half? Well, there's some stuff going on out there, so we just got to slow it down a little bit. There's some things going on that aren't right as well, so we'll talk about how to handle it. I think he's talking more about his team, but I could see why everyone's now going back to it and saying, oh, maybe he knew Michigan was stealing his signs and what's one of the more overblown stories. The Diamondbacks are on the board, now down 2-1 as last night was game three. Here's Cattell Marte on his hit in the NLCS game three. Play by play. And the 0-1 pitch. Swing, base hit. Diamondbacks win. Into scores, Smith. Marte gets his third hit of the ball game, and the Diamondbacks are alive and well in the National League Championship Series. They win game three. They come back home. They beat the Phillies 2-1 to one on a walk-off by Marte. And now you got to go win game four. And if you win game four, it's a brand-new series at two games apiece. And we saw that with the Houston Astros, who lost the first two. And then Houston won game three and won game four. And now it's a brand new series between the Rangers and the Houston Astros. We'll take a break. It is Zach Yelp show on CBS Sports Radio on a football Friday. Coming on back, talking some college ball with Danny Cannell. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 